0: Okay, so we're going to call David here. How many are excited for David in the house? Okay, I met David. David is Joy's son, if you don't know. David and Ravi, I met them in Shimla. Ravi is leads Praise and Worship up north. Uh, when we were in COVID time, a lot of you all must have seen him on Zoom. So I've engaged with them. They're lovely, amazing sons of God. Uh, David is very well connected. He does all the Hindi translations, if you see. They're done by David. All the Hindi sermons, beloved sermons that are getting translated, they're done by David. I actually have people who write to me and say, Ma'am, Pastor, when I hear your Hindi sermons, who is the one who is doing it? Because he is speaking so nicely and he explains it so well in Hindi. Okay, so we've had so much encouragement. I believe that there will be more things that they will be connected with uh, in Beloved in Bombay. Okay, so, uh, so we invited David to Bombay, uh, you know, to be one with us, part of us. He's going to be here even on Wednesday. He's going to be here throughout the week and he's going to share the word today. I believe what he has, everyone is going to get increased. So let's bring David up here. Let's welcome him.
1: Good morning, beloved. Good morning, Good morning everyone. Welcome everyone who is joining online, those who are in mm-hmm. Zoom. Uh, those who are watching us online you can join us if you are in Bombay you can write to us in uh, Facebook via our handle is at the red beloved sons of God and if you're watching it online you'll find a link beneath this video if you click on it it will open to all the scriptures that we'll be taking today yes I I've, I've done this in Hindi this is first time I'm doing it in English so I thank father for this Beautiful time that He has given us, that we can come together and testify the goodness of our Father. And uh, every time I come down to Bombay, uh, the Holy Spirit is reminding me again and again, telling me one thing that, David, you are so special to me. And this is one message that I pass on to beloved, that we all are very special to Him. You know, Priya noticed something um, when me and Ravi, we came in. She said, oh, you both are matching today, you know, you you guys are tuning same shirt, pant and shoes. And I said, this was not planned. It just accidentally happened. And uh, I was thinking something in flesh, uh, sometimes we think that we want to be unique. We don't want to look alike with anyone because everyone wants to be, everyone wants to feel special. And Holy Spirit reminded me, even though we have same clothes outside, If you look with your spirit eyes, the heaven is looking down and they are all seeing Jesus inside you. We all are one. And it is reminding us, even though we are same, we are still His beloved. Each one of us. It doesn't matter which place we belong to, which language we speak. If we have Jesus in us, we all are His beloved sons. It is the blood that gives us right. So, yes, wonderful testimonies. I also have a testimony I would like to share before we go into the word. Uh, We were flying, me and Ravi, we were flying from Chandigarh morning. We uh, sat on flight. I remember it was an early morning flight, packing. And uh, I saw Dad and Ravi waiting for me outside and I went inside my house. And uh, I wanted to get my perfume from inside my house. So I went in, I said, okay, wait, I'll come back. I went inside and uh, checked my perfume and I see it was almost finished. And I'm thinking, okay, we'll go Bombay, we'll So we just started on journey. So first time in flight, I've seen after serving everyone, we are about to land Bombay. Uh, all the crew member comes to us and they are giving us one-one card. And I'm wondering, okay, what is this? And uh, I just opened that card. I saw a small perfume bottle they are gifting everyone, a premium perfume. And I'm thinking like father, I'm so special to you. Sometimes, if we think, even the little things he's taking care of, now imagine what about the bigger things in your life. If he's able to do and take care of such small things, I believe the word says that, you, as Priya says, that for your bigger battles you don't have to do anything. Just rest in him in the knowledge that he is doing works for you. Uh, so, my dad, I have. Is ministering in Himachal. It's been 26 years. So I'm just going to give you a brief testimony of my life. My journey from religion to becoming a son, coming into that identity because I believe everyone who are born in this world, especially in India, they are born into a religion. It's not their choice which religion they want to They are just born into a religion and a minds and a religion mindset develops in everyone's everyone's mind. So uh, I was also uh, in a religion even though I was a Christian but still had a uh, Christian religion mindset. I remember when I met when I was in Kerala for four years I did my bachelors and uh, first time I met Michael. So in in religion, I have heard about stewardship, I have heard about discipleship, but he was preaching sonship. That was so new to me. And I used to question myself, okay, sonship? What, what is this? And I remember him preaching, telling that our father loves us so much. And he pictures the father that is so loving, he's so kind, he's so merciful. And at one point, it was so difficult for me to understand it because I've been so much into the word that comes from human, that comes from the religion, that all, I always thought that to be good with God, I have to be good. It, my works have to be good and I always thought that righteousness comes when we work for it. We have to work every day, we have to work for it. And uh, I remember Priya also during COVID time, that was the best time Even for the world, they may say it was a very, very bad time. But I believe all those who are one with Jesus, it was the most fruitful time for everyone in the body. And that was the time when I was listening to all the words, all the scriptures. And I was searching. I was hungry to know more. And during that time, there was uh, one Sonship 101 class from Celebration City. I was part of it. And slowly and slowly, God revealing His love to me. And something he said to me, "I am loving you not because that you are good, I'm loving you because of my goodness. I am not loving you because you love me. I am loving you because I, myself, I am love. And you are the vessel. Every day I want to pour my love to you, so that you walk in that awakeness, of, but into that knowledge that you are loved by your father." So I remember Priya came down. Uh, to, share, to Solon for ministering and it was a wonderful time. And uh, first time in my life, you know, people say, Christianity, most of the depressed or sad people or uh, the burdened people, you will find it in the churches. People are so sad, so troubled, so much weight on their shoulder and uh, I've never heard anyone. Priya comes and says to me, David, I don't remember last time when I had trouble in my life. Every day I rejoice, every day Father taking care of me. And uh, she said, yeah, some may call it high maintenance. Yes, because I am maintained by most high. And I'm wondering that same father, Priya is talking about the same father. He's my father too. Bible says whoever believes in Christ, they are their children. And I'm thinking if that father can be good to her, why not me? Why is it my heart not able to accept the goodness of my Father? What is it? And then slowly and slowly, Father started teaching me. Today we are going to learn something about the seed. Uh, If we read from the Gospel of John chapter 3, over here Jesus is talking uh, to Nicodemus. If we read from verse 1, we see, Now there was a certain man among the Pharisees, named Nicodemus, a ruler member of Sanhedrin among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know without any doubt that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs, these wonders, these attesting miracles that you do unless God is with him. Now this is what Jesus answered to him. Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, Unless a person is born again, that is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. So I know we have read this scripture a lot of time and uh, when I was reading this scripture, I am imagining Jesus came from heaven. He looked like humans, he walked around humans, but he was not among them. He was not like them. He was a different species. He was God kind. And he walks in this earth and is talking to Nicodemus that until or unless someone is born again, they cannot ever enter the Kingdom of God. And if you think in flesh, like if you think naturally from the fruit of good and knowledge, you can see Nicodemus questioning him, how is that possible? For a long time I've thought too, that born again, what does it mean? You know, one important thing, to be born again, it is very important that you have to die first. Holy Spirit reminded that's the first step. If someone has to be born again, they have to die first. You know, they are, with Beloved, I've been attached and it's been a blessing for me. One thing I wanted to say that Beloved is just not a church. It's not just the church. It's, it's a message that has been sent to this place to proclaim all over the world. To testify Father's goodness to everyone around, to tell how much Father's love us. And that seed that was planted, that was kept inside us before we came into this world. And Holy Spirit reminded me one thing. If you read in, in the scriptures, how we would have questioned if we were in that time when Jesus walked in, the, in this earth, I believe we would have asked the same, same question. How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born. Can he? Jesus answered again, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, the physical is merely physical. And that which is born of the spirit, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. I would like everyone to meditate on this scripture once. That everyone that is born of flesh is flesh. Everyone that is born of a spirit is a spirit. You know, one of the biggest fear that, that is among the Adam generation, you can call it, everyone walking around, the biggest fear that lies inside them, is not the fear of uh, not having food or not having a car, not having a home, but the biggest fear that lies inside the Adam generation is the fear of death. What if I die? today where I'm what is going to happen what is next so many questions that Adam generation or that fruit of knowledge cannot comprehend cannot answer but Holy Spirit said this thing to me that David everything that you want everything that you will ever need is just next after that fear you have to cross that fear And he's not asking us to die in flesh or commit suicide. He's asking us to die in our soul. Where we say that it is not I who lives any longer, it is Christ who lives in me. That's the beginning of sonship. Because the word says when I die, when David dies, there is a new heart that is given, a new spirit that is given, that is the spirit of a son that is the spirit of Jesus and that's why when heaven looks down to us he doesn't see individual. he doesn't see David he doesn't see Priya he sees Jesus in us that is why he called us his beloved and what I noticed being a part of church for so many years since my childhood one thing I noticed that every time we come to a church we have this expectation or we assume that we have to get something from our father and uh, that is from a Position we think that okay something still needs to be done Something needs to fill us from from outside something has to come my life has to be fixed something has to still There is something which is incomplete But the word says when Christ went in the cross he said it is finished And the biggest reason why I see people are not having that peace Jesus is called the Prince of Peace why people don't have that peace It's just because they are not under that knowledge that it's a finished work. If we ourselves understand that our life has been crucified with Christ, everything that will be ever needed has been already said. It is finished. You will automatically come to a place which is full of rest. In that place you will see no struggle. In that place you will feel no challenge. I know a lot of us, we watch movies my sister is here she loves watching suspense movies and it is her habit whenever she watches some new movie she'll call bhai dekh maine movie they and she'll be all telling the climax and all the best part And i'm like Shh, let me watch it for myself don't say anything and something i noticed that um, in suspense movies why it is a thriller it's because you don't know what is the next part going to be and you always wonder there is a curiosity okay what is going to happen next and that kind of hold your nerves and you are like watching it closely and uh, your heart is pumping, nervous. And God uh, told this to me, David, your life is not a suspenseful movie. Because you are, we are not walking our life unaware of what is next. It's beautiful, how Priya puts it, like our whole life is orchestrated, beautifully orchestrated by our Father. Each and every step, we are led by Spirit. Once we know that our final ending of the movie, it's going to be like Jesus, we are, our fullness, we'll be in fullness of Christ, you'll see you won't be having a suspense in your life. You won't be scared. Another time when you see a problem, you know what is after the problem. It, it is always victory. Bible calls us con- not just conquerors, but we are called more than conquerors. And I always wonder like, okay, there, are, there is like a loser, a conqueror, winner, or loser. What is this more than a conqueror? How can we define it? And that is the definition that me and you have in the spirit. That we are more than, more than conqueror, Because it is not us, it is Christ who did for us. Now if we look, look ahead in the scriptures, uh, you will see the title is, The Seed Must Die First you know uh, i was god, god give this uh, father gave me this opportunity last sunday also even the church and we, we were talking about this thing that seed has to die first you know as we have read uh, john 316 that god that god loved this world that he gave, gave his only begotten son monogene the only species that ever lived but he gave for us because he knew the seed cannot multiply unless or until that seed is, is dig and it, die, it dies. So it is very important for seed to die. And one thing I notice in most of our life, sometimes we say that um, the word is not alive in our life. I was listening to Michael, he was, he was preaching the earlier day and saying that in churches everyone is receiving the word and why I don't see that particular word not alive in them because the seed has not died. In order to make that seed alive, that imperishable seed alive, first thing we have to do is see ourselves one with the death of Christ. Until unless we don't die, the seed won't come alive. The seed has to die first. That is why in John 12, Jesus saying this, Now there, there, there were some Greeks, Gentiles among those who were going up to worship the feast. These came to Philip who was born, he was from Bethsaida in Galilee with a request saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Now here are Gentiles who want to see Jesus and there are disciples. Philip came and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus and Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified and exalted. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a grain of wheat produces much grain and yields a harvest, the one sorry, it says, but if it unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. Jesus was talking about himself being the seed. He know once he goes to the cross, the world may see it the biggest the the defeat for him the cross but he knew that was the beginning of a very fruitful journey from the beginning jesus saw what was to come and he always saw himself one with us Um, it it says that you know um, we are still not like christ every day we are transforming into his very image but you know back then when jesus was in cross he became hundred percent us He was completely us. He was completely David. My past, my present, my future. Everything he took into him and he died there. And we were one with him. And he says, but if it dies, it produces much grain and and yields a harvest. The one who loves his life eventually loses it through death. Those are the people from Adam's generation who walks in this earth and uh, as i said the biggest fear that haunts them is the death what will happen next and we know everything for us is just the next step of that fear once we cross that everything is a finished work. we come into a rest i was watching a youtube video in that uh, the person was saying he he was talking about a man who, who went to an ocean and he wanted to commit a suicide What he does, he jumps into the water, he noticed something that even though he was drowning, he wanted to kill himself, his whole body was struggling to come up just to take a breath. So he realized there is something inside man that naturally they want to kill. And it is not just the flesh, it is a person inside them. Because I see it this way, there is a movie from Mel Gibson about the old tribe. He says that all humans who walk in this earth, they have a void inside them. And everything they, they do is to fill that void with all the external things. And uh, nothing can ever satisfy them. Whatever they'll take it from the world, it will eventually lead to death. But once they realize that everything is from Jesus, that seed has to die first, my and your job is not to jump in the ocean water. Our job is just to proclaim this word, come into a conscious saying that yes, David died with Christ. Individually we have to come into that position where we see ourselves one with the, with that seed and it says when Christ died He rose again and that same resurrection power is now giving life to us So it is just that awareness that we have to step in that it is no longer I who live but it is Christ who lives in you So I have just a small illust- illustration. I would like Ravi to come uh, that will make, make you remember every time uh, you imagine Ravi's face or you hear about the seed. So Ravi is going to sit in this. I better hope it doesn't fall. Okay, this is an illustration. Uh, we had it in a church. One of uh, the pastor came from uh, during the COVID time. All the way they were traveling to, uh, from Kerala to Himachal through road. And uh, this is something that, that caught hold. I caught hold from, from that sermon. So, I want everyone to imagine that Ravi is going to play dead for a while. He's not actually dead, but he's just going to play dead. We'll, we'll have some Ill- illustration. Okay, it should not fall. I, I just want him to pretend dead. <laughs> so, imagine he's dead now. Okay, and if I come walk next to him and I'm, I'm giving this thought that, uh, Ravi, it's your family who is not well. What about your work? There are a lot of challenges. How, how are you going to win over it? What if I slap Ravi right now? Will he slap me back? What if I poke him or pinch him? Will he do it back? Why? He's dead. He's dead. What if he started, if I abuse him and start abusing me back? Will he be dead? If he does that, that means he's still alive. He's, yeah, he's just acting dead. But he, if he's really dead, if he really believe in that scripture that says that, yes, we have to die first and I am—I died with Christ, as it says in Galatians 2.19, that for through the law I died to the law and it demands on me because salvation is provided through the death and resurrection of Christ so that I might from now on live to God i have been crucified with christ that is in him i have shared his crucifixion it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me if today some problems come if problem comes and uh, i am reacting to that problem am i dead a thought comes to my mind okay what about your business how is it going to run what about your family what about your kids what what how the future is going to look What about the virus and all the visas getting cancelled? So many things. Will he ever respond to those thoughts? Just because he's dead. Nothing more. He's just dead. And if he responds to that thing, if we are giving attention to our problems and if we are still struggling, if we are still reacting to that, it means that some part of us still is alive. We haven't died and the word says when we die yeah now he can get up there is a new person who comes alive in us that person is christ and you know uh, for every problem there is only one solution and that one solution is christ for every problem that you you are facing or you are going to face always remember that you are the solution to that problem. I love it how uh, Priya puts it in the Beloved about prayer and uh, yes, prayer is not something not to do, but one thing she explains very nicely that whenever a problem comes to your ear, let's say if I'm I'm having a prayer request and someone says, okay, you pray for him or her. You know, uh, first thing what we used to do back then when I was alive, when problem used to come to my ear, I used to pray and i uh, give thanks. Yes, you have answered my prayer. And then I used to call, okay, you also pray for him. Then he used to do the same thing. And uh, this really came alive in me, this word, that whenever a problem comes to you, whether someone is sick, whenever if you hear some problem, if someone is blind, someone cannot walk, someone is dead, Remember when that problem came to your ears. If you are dead, this is a new year. It's a spirit man. It's Christ who who lives in you. And if a problem comes to Christ, He will never ignore it. Because He is the solution to all the problems. And you will start seeing that once you walk in this kind of faith, which says, the life I now live in the body, I live by the by faith, by adhering to relying on and completely trusting of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now if I died, it cannot be David's faith, it cannot be Ravi's faith that does miracle. it is Christ's faith that will make everything alive. Usually we talk in our church, I really like it's a culture in Beloved that no one is ever allowed to say I'm sick or I'm having a headache it's because it's not in our nature once we are aware we know that it's not in our nature to fall sick and i encourage everyone who are listening to online if uh, if you ever feel such kind of sickness or or uh, anything in your flesh just remember that you died for everything and if you read scriptures you'll see everyone when jesus walked in this earth not everyone was healed yes but everyone who came to jesus they never went empty hand. Yeah. Even if it was a dead person, it came alive because he is resurrection in life. Yeah. So there is nothing greater or bigger than you but the person who lives inside you. We have to see ourselves one with the death of Christ. When Michael and Dad, they were ministering uh, this year, I got, I got a chance to be there for two meetings and I was translating and i love how we start a meeting and everyone is having a sad face and slowly and slowly while we are preaching everyone's eyes kind of start blooming up they are waking up to their reality yes beloved is awake and beloved is alive so people they they kind of see okay uh, and the scriptures say that the truth will set you free and once that truth comes to our ear and sets inside you know everything's in our life is freed the opposite is also true if truth sets you free the lie will keep you in bondages and I see around people even in some churches why people have bondages why they are still in sickness why things are not under the finished works it's because they have not believed in the truth once they start believing in the truth everything will be set free Uh, will go to next scripture from Romans 6. This also says about our identity, like how we have to see ourselves one with the seed. We have therefore therefore been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in the newness of life and abandoning our old ways. For if we have become one with Him, permanently united in the likeness of his death, so will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. As I said you, once you are aware that you have died and uh, it is Christ who lives in you, you will have that experience. That word will, if you believe in that word, you will see all the experiences will be matching to that truth. Then you will see that, okay, in my life, there there has to be there. There were lot of challenges, but now I see suddenly all these challenges I am overcoming with ease. I just want to share one testimony. Uh, yesterday, that testimony came to me. Um, but two weeks back, I registered for a credit card. I heard there is some uh, some they check your civil score and lot of things, and I wanted to get some machines. And I heard that it is good if you have a credit card and applied. And uh, after a week I got a message that uh, your, your request has been declined. So I was, uh, I didn't lose hope. I was not uh, like oh, why this is happening to me. I know that my life is a finished work. It is Christ who is in me, my business, my work, everything that I deal with, it is not mine, but it is Christ. And that brought me into a position of peace, that rest. And when I was there, Yesterday I got a call when I landed in Bombay. I got a call. Yes, uh, hello. Is this Mr. Daniel? I said yes. This is he. And he was like, "Very good morning. How are you?" And I'm like, "I'm good. Yes. How are you?" And he's like, "I'm calling you from this this bank and uh, you applied for. Yeah, I was yes. And he said, "Don't worry. I'm here. I'll get all the application and verification done." And uh, this was this was uh, a sign that once we say that once we are into that position that it is not I, it is Christ. Everything that once seems impossible will be possible for you. Because I personally believe to get an approval for that application with my uh, eligibility criteria, it wouldn't have been possible. But God gave grace inside that person's heart. That he went to my house, even though I was not there, he went to my house, got pictures, uh, clicked, talked to my dad, everything was done and said, within two days you will uh, get it. So I was uh, just thinking how fathered we are. That everything, he's taking care of us. And this is the only difference between Adamic generation as Christ, is that when problems come and uh, we are into uh, any situation, we don't lose hope. Or we don't leave our position because you see if we, the the Bible is called the mirror it's a spiritual mirror and uh, if we want to see how our life should be we should see Christ in the Bible you see when the storm was there uh, Jesus was the only one who didn't shout claiming that oh we are, we are this storm is going to kill us he was the only one who, who was resting in that storm only because he knew, that he knew that he is above everything. So we also have to wake up to that knowledge that problems are not bigger than you, but you are greater than all your problems. Yes. There is nothing greater than you, there is nothing greater than the person who is inside you, the spirit man. Our previous, the old, the old self that has been died, it, it, uh, it came from identity from flesh for the longest time of life I have thought that yes I, I am this flesh I have a spirit even though I go to a church but yes um, eventually I'll stand up in front of the throne and then I'll be judged based on my work and then I'll it will be decided whether I go to heaven or hell for the longest time not until the day the truth came to me and said that, David, you have to die first. Once David has died, all the deeds that are connected to David has been dealt off. All the payment has been paid. David has been crucified. The new self, the new person has come alive and that person is Jesus. No one in the history or no one in the future can claim that they are righteous, not even but just Jesus. Just Jesus. And that was the seed sown by our Father it was buried so that it may bring forth a lot of fruits. And now it is Jesus who is alive in each each one of us. Ten verse it says, For for the death that he died, he died to sin, ending its power and paying the sinner's debt once and for all. And the life that he lives, he lives to glorify God. In unbroken fellowship with him even so consider yourself to be dead to sin and your relationship to it broken but alive to God in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus so we learned that the seed has to die first my sonship or my awareness to sonship began more when I learned that yes David has died so next time whenever the devil came and reminded me of some works that I did or the, just trying to claim that, okay, you are not worthy, you are not righteous, I just simply uh, sanctified myself, covered with me- myself in Christ's blood and saw myself in the cross. When we went to meetings, uh, Michael used to ask everyone uh, that, who follows Jesus? And everyone in the church, they are like, yes, we follow Him. And he asks, okay, so where is he leading you? If you are following Jesus, everyone is, he's leading us to heaven. And Michael used to say, it is the cross that he's leading to. Where individual, me, I go to that cross, I die with him and a new being, a new Adam, a life-giving spirit that is born from that moment. And Bible says it is not by anything else but simply believing in it Jesus did all the things all the miracles it was just for one reason believe in me that I can give you eternal life just to believe and everything that we received is through faith not law it says law if law could have made us righteous Christ would have never came down. It would have been nece- not necessary. But we became righteous, righteousness through faith in Christ. Now second part I want to see is the nature of the seed. As uh, you have heard it multiple times, you know the seed has a nature. For example, if an apple seed is sown, it will bear an apple, apple fruit. If an orange seed is sown, it will bear an Similarly, if we see in the spirit now, Jesus looked like humans, but his father was God and he walked in this earth. The monogene, once that seed was sown, all that was in Jesus, all the identity that was in Jesus, the father's blood and all the riches, inheritance of heaven that was with that seed, now comes forth alive to everyone who are part of that seed. Who are born again of that seed amen so we have to start seeing that we are in his nature we are not in Adamic nature now yes Adamic nature used to fall sick but now Jesus can you imagine Jesus being sick you can never imagine can you imagine Jesus shouting in the boat Save me, save me, we are going to, uh, the storm is going to kill us. Never, But can we imagine ourselves in the boat screaming, Lord, we can. But if we are in complete awareness that yes, we are the same species as Jesus is, we are his family, we are God kind, we know that yes, we are also above everything that is around us. And that will bring us into a position where we no longer shout in our problems, but we learn to sleep, we learn to rest among our problem because we know that nothing is greater than us. John 8, once more Jesus addressed the crowd, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. I love how when Jesus walked in this earth he was in complete awareness of who he, where he comes from and whom he belongs to and Jesus while walking this earth he never saw us separated. He never saw us separated. It says that from the foundation of the world we were in Christ. Since that time he saw us one. Now the question is whether we are seeing ourselves one, one with him or not. That's the question. You can look in the scripture where Jesus says, yes, I am the light of the world. And in Matthew, he says to, to all the people that you are the light, Christ to the world. He identifies himself as one because he knows that whoever believes in me, whoever believes in this word, they are going to be part of the same seed and they are going to have the same nature. A son who is born, like... When I got born in my family, you know, from the day I was born, from day on one, I got an identity that I am a part of Daniel's family. And no one can ever take that identity from me. You know, they may say to me that, Okay, David, you should, uh, you should keep your clothes properly, you should always wear clean shoes, you should brush your teeth. All those things they can tell me to do. And it may happen that maybe I'm forgetting it to do it once in a while, but works can never take that identity away from me. Because that identity comes from the blood. It's a dialogue from Pushpa movie. I love the ending. It says, no one can steal that identity, that brand marking from me, because that is running in my blood. And Until the time that blood is running into my body, I will be his son. And for me and you, the biggest peace that we, should, we can ever have is that now we are His blood son. And everything we are going to get is not by our works, but only through blood alone. Tomorrow, I know I am walking in that awareness that whatever my dad owns, whatever it is, I know I have full authority on that because I know that it is all going to belong to me. And I walk in that awareness. Similarly, once we know that now we are born, when we are born again, it is not the Adamic blood, it is not our parent blood, it is the Father's blood, it's the Christ's same blood that, that was, Jesus was having. It was that blood that made us born again. We are part of that same family like the Lord's Supper we had, we call it Prabhu Maj. You know, if we are sitting in a table, in a family, always you will see that all the family members will be sitting around the table and having a meal. You will never see pet, dogs, cat, anyone eating from the same plate. Never. It's only the family, same species who sits in the table. And when we partake of that bread and the wine, it is a remembrance that we are part of one family. Even though we may look different, we come from different background, but now we are born again. There is no male, there is no female, there is not, no Jews, there are no Gentiles. Everyone is one in Christ. We are part of one family. And that part of family, we didn't became because we were good, but it, it is only because of that, that bread, that... Um, That is the image of the flesh that was given for us and the blood that was shed for you and me. That is the only thing that makes us part of that family and it is a reminder every time we partake of it that we are not Adamic. Adam, nature doesn't flow through uh, our vein now. You know people may be affected with virus, people may be affected with the climate change, people may worry about the politics, bad things happening in the country, so many things. But you know that you are not of this world. I loved it last Sunday, uh, Gitu shared that blessing is not in a place. Blessing is in you. We are the blessing to the place. Wherever we stand, that place is full of light. Because the word says that I am the light of the world. That same testimony that Jesus walked is the same testimony that now me and you walk in. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. Now me and you, we can say, I am the resurrection and life. Everything you can see in your life, now once you walk into this awareness, nothing dead can ever come into your life. Every dead thing will come alive just because you believed in the truth, just by faith. Now John 4, Jesus answered her, if you knew about God's gift of eternal life and who it who says, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead. And he would have given you living water, eternal life. This is when uh, Samaria's um, lady comes to, Jesus meets her and asks for water, Samaria woman. And uh, Jesus is saying that if you know who I am, you would have asked me water and I would have given you living water. And it says, if you partook of that water, if you drank that water, you would never be thirsty again. So Jesus is talking about life and he just not promised to give you life. But if you read further down, it says that you will become a spring of water satisfying the th- his thrust for God welling up to eternal life. Now Jesus was again seeing himself one with us. He is life. He is that fountain of life. And he said, if you would have just asked me, I would have given you that water and you would have also become the same fountain that I am. Lot of people still come just to fill that thirst, not knowing that they are the fountain. In Acts, again, uh, we we have read this when, uh, when... Paul was going to Damascus. This is a beautiful encounter that changes him. Uh, From verse 3 he says, as he was approaching Damascus on his mission, on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now this is a very beautiful thing you will read, that Jesus never said, why are you persecuting my people? He said, why are you persecuting me? Jesus saw himself one with everyone who believed in his name. When problem comes to you, Jesus already know who that problem has addressed to. He already knows it. But do we know that it, that problem has not come to us? It has not come to David because David is already in cross. He has died. Now that problem has came to Jesus and he's able to do everything. And he says, Paul says, who are you Lord? Saul asked and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. And it is beautiful that uh, we know the later story that Paul's eyes, he gets blinded for three days and uh, we know that if you read in New Testament, lot of things were written by Paul and uh, you will see that Jesus' disciple who walked with him, who saw all the miracles, Paul surplus, surplus everything that they ever did and I believe it is only because all the disciples knew Jesus because they met him in the flesh. Paul was the only one who met Jesus in the spirit. And as we know, when Adam sinned, his one eyes got shut, the other eyes got open. And it was very important for Paul to understand the spirit man. And I, I think that is why Holy Spirit blinded his fleshly eyes so that his spirit eyes could be opened. And that is why Holy Spirit gave him a revelation of Christ in me that I am part of his family. It is, it is sonship that we are into. It is not by our work. It is just alone by Christ's works that He came and uh, completed it. So this is one part with the seed that, yes, Jesus, from all the way from beginning, He was seeing one, Himself, one with us. Now the moment we wake up to that reality, yes, I am also one with Him. I need to start looking myself one. Me and Jesus, we are, we are one. You will see that you will be also Uh, ruling over this world as we were meant to, as Adam was meant to rule over the creation. Once you know Jesus, you are one in Jesus, you will see you will be ruling over the creation. That's when you will see that water will turn into wine. The rain will turn into snow. Everything will be possible just because that Christ is alive in you and see yourself one with him. In, in Corinthians, it says, 1 Corinthians 15, 15, so it is written in scripture, the first ad, man, Adam, became a living soul, an individual. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. However, the, however the spiritual, the immortal life, is, is not first, but the physical, the mortal life, then the spiritual. The first man, Adam, is from the earth, earthly made of dust the second man Christ the Lord is from heaven as is the earthly man the man of dust so are we those who are of earth and as is the heavenly man so are those who are of heaven just as we have borne the image of the earthly the man of dust we will also bear the image of the heavenly the man of heaven because this is the biggest truth that we could come alive in is that we were not sinner because we did something wrong. The Bible says we were sinners because we were born of sin. That, that corrupt, see that uh, blood was running through our bloodline. Adam sinned, so all his generation were counted as sinner. It was not through the acts of individual. It was just simply because they, born, they were born from Adam. And now the scripture says that Jesus who was heavenly, who came down from heaven who was a monogene once we were born of that adam the bible called it last adam because jesus knew after that all the species that are going to be born from that seed they are going to be not just a human being or living soul they are going to be just like him and we are that life-giving spirit and just like sons of god and just like how our acts cannot justify that we are sinner. Similarly, your righteousness, your life-giving spirit cannot be justified by your works. You will do it because it's in your nature. All the things that Jesus did was out of his nature. I always question uh, people, you know, like uh, if they are sick, I ask, okay, what if Jesus was alive in this, this time? If you would have gone, Jesus, please heal me. Do you think He would heal you? And they say, yes, He would heal me. And I'm, I tell them greater truth. You know, now He's not somewhere outside. Now that same Jesus came alive in you. Why should you not have that fullness of health, that heavenly health in you and that kinds of wake, wake them up? It, that truth sets them free. Sometimes they are, this is also a, a thing we think, okay, maybe because of a sin, Uh, God is bringing this but as it says just by being part of that family, just being born of that blood, everything that seed has if that seed is a good seed like if that seed is an apple seed, it will only bear apple because it's in the nature. Nothing outside of it can ever affect it. No matter if you believe it or not that seed has its nature and it is passed on on all the fruit. And if you look around, you'll see a lot of fruits we eat. Once the seed is sown, it dies. It comes into full maturity. It bears fruit and every fruit you eat, it will have a seed inside. So everything that is sown, it gets multiplied. And again, that seed comes inside us. So everyone who is sitting here, who are born of that seed, Born of that imperishable seed, that is the word, that is Jesus. Now Jesus is dwelling inside every one of us. That seed is inside us and that has multiplied a lot. (coughs) Beloved is awake. Beloved is alive and we are waking up to our true identity of who we are. How, How much time? Just third portion is there. So, um, two things we learned. The seed. Our old self has been crucified. It is very important to see ourselves dead. And that when we see ourselves one with that seed, you will see that seed will bring forth fruit. And then you will say that Psalm 91 is alive to me. It is fruitful for me, just because you saw yourself one with that word. Second thing we know, That seed itself has a nature. It is impossible that a banana seed will bear an apple tree. An apple seed will only bear an apple fruit. Similarly, when Jesus was sown, everyone who is in Jesus are of his blood. Everyone is of, are of their family. Now third thing is about the rest. Over here if we read in John 15, Jesus the true vine. It, it says I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more you have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is served from the wine if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So this is a scripture that, that has come alive and gave me a lot of rest and peace just because I came to know that if the seed was planted in me and now that I see myself dead to the sin, I know that uh, Jesus' nature, that seed's nature has come alive in me. Now I know that the Father is taking care of that seed he says he's the gardener as uh, said that our life is beautifully orchestrated I sometimes find hard to get a Hindi translation of this orchestrated how, how can we say it but yes that is the beauty of the word that uh, each and every step you are led by spirit all the tes- testimonies that we, we heard it is all because that you were led by spirit it is Christ who is reminding you, Holy Spirit reminding you, okay, you are a son. Nothing can ever go wrong. When people see, when you, they talk to you, um, I imagine when Jesus walked in, in this earth, how he walked, people would have been so eager to just meet, meet to him, just to see him, just because he was different. He talked about heaven, some things that people only imagined about, but for him it was a reality. And you will see people around you, they will be just coming to you and they'll be drawn towards you because they'll see that life from heaven and they'll see that light and they would want more to be part of you and over here you see there is a photo of a tree the Christ says I am the vine and you are the branches you know the branches alone cannot bear the fruit the only job for branches is that they have to be with the vine all that is required all the nutrients everything that is has to be taken from roots till the branches is functioned by the vine. and the word only reminds us to be at that position be attached to wine that's the only part if problem comes if we shake if we run if we lose if this branch is broken from and it starts running here and there finding solution it will never bear fruit. Because the word says the branch which is connected with me will only bear fruit. The one which is not they will not produce fruit. So for us it is very important that all the fruits that fullness of Christ and all the things the scripture says yes and Amen for us. Is only at that position of rest. Once I start believing in it, seeing myself covered into a finished work of God, I'll automatically see His his things working. He'll be the gardener. He'll be taking care of, of your things. The things which are good for you, the things which are not good for you. Now it is not your headache to choose. It is your Father who is orchestrating everything. He's the gardener. He's trimming us. He is taking us, He is leading us to path. So your life is not an orphan life, your life is fathered. Hallelujah. Matthew 6. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? It's a question mark for us. Yes. The word says us, don't be just the listener, but also the doer of the word. If we say yes, we believe in the scripture and once problem comes to our ear, we start acting again adamic. That means we are fooling ourselves. It says, listen, be the listener and doer of the word. If I am saying, yes, God you are taking care of me, the next time when problem comes to me, addresses me, I know that my father is taking care. I'll be at position of rest. If I trust someone, you know, and uh, he's saying, don't worry, I'm here for you. You know, when problem comes, I'll be in peace because I know he'll take care. But if I don't trust that person, every time I'll be okay. I have to find my own ways and I have to, maybe he will, when trouble comes, if I call him, maybe he won't answer. So if we really trust our Father, if we really trust in this word, we have to start acting accordingly. No one can steal your position of rest. You know, there is a beautiful... Uh, a thing uh, Joseph Prince once said. He said two tree, in a tree two birds were sitting and they were talking to each other and looking down to each other and saying that uh, uh, why there is so much chaos in the world? Why people are running here and they are struggling, toiling and complaining? Why why such a chaotic world? And the bird which is next to the other bird uh, it just whispers. Maybe it's just because they don't have a good Heavenly Father like me and you have. Just the awareness. It's the truth that sets us free. Once you see yourself abide in that, resting in that, knowing that you are just a branch and it is the vine who is giving you life, you remain in that position, everything will flow and your life will be fruitful. Not just your spiritual life, everything that is around you. Your family life, your business life, everyone who ever comes around to you, you will be a blessing to them. Philippians 4, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, uh, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ wow when when uh, jesus walked in this earth when uh, news came to jesus that lazarus is dead dead he died you know jesus if it was us we would have run okay go quickly let us go quickly before he goes but jesus was in complete rest and i love the part as he goes there he doesn't pray okay you be alive be alive be alive he just simply goes there and he looks into heaven and says, Thank you, Father, because I know you always hear my prayer. And this scripture reminds us that everything that we are bringing to our Father, the prayers, it should not be asking for, give me this, give me that. I have, Father knows what is required for you. He has already pre-planned it more than sufficient for you. It just everything should be a thanksgiving. In that awareness our prayer should be and it says that then you will experience God's peace that is beyond every understanding and that kind of peace doesn't comes from outside like if everything is normal in our life will be peaceful once something disruptive come in that peace will go that peace won't change according to outside our experiences or the creation but if we remain in that peace you will see even the even the creation or your experiences will also change just by being in that peace because it is capable of doing so. Even the word reminds us that uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength and it is not a kind of a joy that comes when India and Pakistan, India wins the match. And if India doesn't win, then we are not joyful. That is a kind of a joy that I, I have inside me. That is a psalm David wrote, that one day in your midst is far better than a thousand days because David knew that there is so much joy in God's presence and very desirably he wanted to build a place for God and God said, no, it is your, your son who is going to make it for me. And for the longest time, again, I believed it was Solomon who did, but it was Christ who built the real temple for Father to dwell in his presence. Now imagine that presence that David longed and said, yes, 1,000 days are better. Uh, One day is better better than 1,000 days in this world in your presence. Now that presence 24-7, it abides in me. So the source of the joy is not outside. That source of joy is in you. And when you see that joy is not disruptable just by circumstances, you will see that joy will is able to change all your circumstances no matter how terrible situation you are in if you remain rooted in that joy if you remain rooted in that peace you will see even the dead will come alive just by being in that place first peter 5 it says give all your worries and cares to god this is my favorite one you know uh, yes i don't have children but yeah i, I see my father and I see uh, my parents, they worry about every little things and always it's a, it's a parent's heart to give their children's best. And uh, I love this scripture because it reminds us that all the worries that you may have, you may think, okay, this is my, my worries. It says that give all your worries and all your cares to God because He cares about you. There is one who is taking care of you so why should we worry right if our father is taking care of us then I don't think we ever have to worry again because all our cares have been dealt with everything we needed we thought we needed has already been provided it's a finished world and once we start living in it we know that the seed was planted it was buried 2,000 years ago and that fruit came alive 120 fruits, 500, so many around this world and that same fruit, that same seed is alive in us now. And we possess the same nature of that fruit, we are the same species, part of one family and we know our role, our job only in Christ is to remain in our position, to attach with that vine, just be connected, see ourselves seated as Priya says, See yourself seated in that position. Because when creation sees you, if they see a son not sitting in the chair, they are not going to listen to you. Because you are another Adam for them. But if they sees you seated, no matter what problems are there, but you are still throned in your authority, they will obey to you. Because they know we are different. We are from heaven. Amen.
0: What an amazing word. Yeah. I'm going to take more of that next Sunday. I just love that illustration that he gave. And we're going to get deeper into that illustration. So I'm going to take that again next Sunday. What a powerful word. Okay. Really a time, a good word. Sometimes even your pastor needs a slap. You know, when she's acting all out. <laughs> Some sons know. So this is a good word for me as well. Um, okay. So let's give a tithe. Let's all stand up for the awesome word that Christ spoke right now, a reminder of who you are. Uh, I want to leave you with a truth before we take that tithe. Um, for the longest time I used to believe that I need to die. You're not dying. Can a dead person keep dying? You're either alive or dead. The word says you died. Priya died. A dead person, you poke them, They can't react. Someone says something to them, they will not get offended. It's because you are dead. If you're dead, then Christ is alive in you. And life is flowing out of you when you're completely dead. And the place of being dead is a place of being at rest. Because only a dead person is in perfect rest, perfect stillness. Okay? And then his life is able to flow out of you. I just love that word that he shared. I'm so happy he shared it, okay? So let's give a tithe, just say, Father, I thank you, I'm a son in your kingdom. Jesus, you're my high priest. And right now, I give you a tithe, a thanksgiving of all the increase, of all the life, of all the joy that came to my soul. Just worship Jesus with it. Father, I just thank you for this word. Jesus, I thank you for this word. I thank you that I'm dead, that it's all you in me, Father. I thank you, Father. Oh, Father, I thank you. The joy is your portion. And the joy that comes from you living in us, I thank you that all things are under our feet. I just feel an anointing right now, Father. I just thank you. Thank you for that life. Thank you for the peace that is upon everyone that is getting multiplied right now. Joy that is getting multiplied right now. Your resurrection life in every person right now that is healing their bodies, healing all of that pain out of their knees, out of their mouth, whatever needs... Fixing even in den- dental, that resurrection life, eating, eating every manner of death. In the presence of the sun, there is no death. Oh All of that life is giving life to their brain right now, is giving life to their lungs, their heart, their ears. Resurrection life, eating up all manner of death from this physical body. That resurrection life is giving life to your relationships right now, just fixing, releasing out of you, giving life to every area of your life, even your finances, everything in the presence of resurrection. Resurrection means something is dead, it brings it back to life. I just thank you, Father, that you are life in us. In life there is no death. We just thank you. Amen. Amen.